Hi, Dave Flitman, Truth in IT. Welcome to today's video webcast, Myth, Backup is All I Need for Archiving, Busted, sponsored by Operavi. So without further ado, let me pass things over to Mike Matchett. Mike, take it away. Thanks, Dave. Uh, I'm here, Mike Matchett, uh, with Rod Christensen from Operavi, and we're going to talk about uh, archive as a use case and why backups just don't make good archives. And part of the reason I think going into this that archives are important today really have to do with getting more value out of your data, doing better things with it, uh, mining that massive big data. Uh, but there's a lot more to this story. And with that, let me introduce Rod. Welcome, Rod. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. So, Rod, you're the CTO of Operavi. What is uh, Operavi just in a thumbnail? Operavi is a data storage company. We specialize in act, what we call Active Archive. And Active Archive is, is actually a twist on, on uh, standard archiving principles, but it has some additional features and, and uh, actually tries to make use of your data in, in, uh, uh, in multiple ways. So I think we've got the right person today to explore this this myth of backups not really providing the use cases of archive anymore. Uh, what just before we even get started, when we say archive, what are we really talking about fundamentally? What is what is what is an archive versus anything else in the world? Well, an, an archive is actually the long term storage of of data uh, over time, and and you know with with. Uh, uh, current things like backup, when you try and use use your backups as archives, uh, essentially what you're doing is just you know storing a bunch of bits. Uh, you know they go die. That's that's the end of it. You know that's that's the only use. Uh, with Active Archive, we try and actually make you you uh, or enable you to actually use your data for multiple purposes uh, after the data has been stored. All right, and some of that purpose, I think we'll get to that includes looking at things and getting rid of the data faster and some of that purpose is keeping the data longer than you might keep a backup and i'm sure we're going to come back to talking about that uh but I, where i want to start uh, uh rod is this idea of unstructured data today and uh you know i know backups tended to be uh looking at an entire system and taking the whole set of bits at a low level and and putting them up as uh, as as a complete snapshot, if you will, somewhere else. Uh, but we've gotten now to the point where we've got all this unstructured data, and it's not really not useful to take a, a petabyte of unstructured data and make a big uh, a mass out of it and put it somewhere because you can't use it, right? So, right. So, what did Operavi? What was sort of your first genius idea of Operavi that had to happen in this market? Well, one of the things that we we took a lot a look at uh, in in designing the architecture, we started at the end on what we wanted to do with the data, what we wanted to enable the user to do with the data at the end of the day. Uh, uh, for example, e-discovery and, and actually utilizing that data over the long term for different purposes. That drives a lot of the decisions moving forward, you know, on how the how you actually set up the system. Because let's face it, you know, an archive and a backup is just moving data from one place to another place. It's what you do with the data, how you prepare it, you know, for the long term that, that really enables a lot of the features that, that we call active archive. And, and you know, uh, yeah, because some people are going to come into this thinking they're both copies of data. I should be able to do similar things with yeah. a copy of data. If I'm already backing it up, then I've got my copy, and I should be able to use that copy for everything. That's not exactly the case, right? What do we have That's to not What do we have yeah. to do to actually make use of the data then? 
Well, the the thing about uh, about it is how we store the objects at, at, at the end, how we store the data. You know, when with traditional backup and when you're trying to use backup as, as archive, you just have this huge blob of data. You don't know what it is. You, you, there's no way to classify it. There's no way to, to, uh, to index. There's no way to search it. You have no idea what it is. So what ends up happening is you just keep adding to that big data pool that, that you have that is basically gone to die because you have no idea what you actually have with with the active archive and the way we store objects as individual objects we can do uh, a, a much finer grained uh, uh, life cycle management over the over the long term so we know when to delete things we can delete things and remove things out of the archive keep you know based on classification or content we know what's in the files we know what's in you know what what type of file you actually have so therefore we can do things like searching on it we can we can very quickly go out and locate in your archives you know all the files that you know have a certain keyword or, or uh, you know a certain phrase or something along those lines so that's really multi-purposing data so can you imagine you know three years ago or three years from now you want to find all the documents that are reference my name you can do that very very quickly with with uh, the active archive and, and and the archive you know architecture we've set up with backup you know and and these these big blobs of data that you have that's virtually impossible and and so so we have we have to if I'm hearing you right you have to do things at a file level or, yep. or some a granular level which is a file level generally in unstructured data um, tell me a little bit also about the problems of of timeline we sort of hinted at it earlier uh what happens to that that data over time and why why does storing it one way or in a different way matter well let's let's take an example backup which which people are trying to use as archives today you back up your whole system for regulatory requirements you're keeping that data for you know uh, x number of years that data is actually stored as a big blob and essentially you can't get rid of anything within that big blob. Now with, with Operavi, we try and classify data and depending on its type and its classification, we can remove things, you know, at, at different rates. For example, you know, a, a document without personal identifying information in it may, may only be required to be kept for a year or stuff with, with, you know, that identifying information or paper information or or things like that may be made required to be kept for very very long periods so we treat each individual object each individual file you know and manage its life cycle instead of this whole big backup uh, that also that also uh, uh, reduces legal exposure as well because if you have the data you know and you're keeping stuff longer than you you want that's responsive documents that you have to provide to you know attorneys on, on on request so therefore getting rid of the data is just as important as, you know as, as saving as it. saving it. right so that's kind of both ends of that that problem so just a couple more things about the problems that are with, with just using a backup as an archive if I'm if I'm thinking about this right um a lot of people today use cloud storage for their backups you know secondary storage and we, we take these uh, you said it blobs of data and we push them up into the cloud s3 is cheap glaciers even cheaper why is that a bad strategy when it comes to archives why doesn't that, why isn't that cloud story working for that 
that's not 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 sustainable and not scalable over the long term. I mean, when when you have documents, you know, five percent of your system, five percent of your image that you've you've put up into the uh, into the cloud is is actually required to be maintained for longer periods. Ninety ninety five percent of it is just garbage, and but you can't prune out that ninety five percent. So you end up storing this whole big blob for years and years and years when all you need is five percent of it. So guess what? That makes your costs significantly increase over time. Right. So, you know, five out of 95, that's a one twentieth cost savings that you could get by just focusing on the data you're supposed to have. Right. Yeah. All right. And then, and then, uh, part of that, uh, just flipping that coin, you know, putting it up in the clouds, one thing, getting it back as a whole nother. I can almost guess where this story is going. I've got a large blob of data up there. If I've got a backup and I want to get something out of it, you know, right. I got to pull the whole damn thing down. You got to pull the whole thing down, yeah. yeah, to, yeah. Just to examine one file out of that out of that blob, you have to pull the whole blob down to get to that one file. Right. So, uh, and, yeah, and and that can take. Um, it's not just cost, bandwidth, but time, um, you know, effort. Yeah. Even I think even you mentioned indexing before, and I think we're going to come back to this. Uh, uh, if you don't know what's in the system image, you restore the whole system image before you can even find out what's in it, right? And so. Part of that archiving use case is being able to know what you have before you even go look for it. Right. With 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 images, once again, a blob, you have no idea what the content is. The backup system doesn't even know what the content is. All it knows is that here's this big blob of data that I have to store for years and years and years. With with the active archive, we try and recognize via uh, categorization, you know, what categories each file actually, you know, uh, uh, fits into. And then also we provide content index searching. So we know all the words within a document before we actually throw it into the cloud. Okay. The good part about it is, and, and the really nice part, is you can actually search your documents uh, locally even though they're still re- residing in the cloud. So we can find all instances of you know a file that contains a particular phrase without bringing anything down to the cloud. The only time you need to, need to pay those egress fees is when you actually want to recover the document on site. All right. So, you know, just looking at some of the... the the fundamental choices and trade-offs involved in looking now at going to an archive if all I've got is backups. Somebody might say, you know, when I when I take a snapshot of my system and throw the whole blob up there, it actually be pretty optimized these days. It's can be pretty pretty fast way to do things, even if it costs me more. If I have to go through file by file and make copies of it and process that, that's probably going to take more time. So my am, am I really you know, going to lose out here? Am I is, am I going to have an archive window problem? Like I have a backup window problem today because my archive window is bigger. How's that? How's that for a question? Well, it, it, it's actually a very interesting question. But if you look at where you're actually backing up and and actually trying to store in that blob, it's the whole system because that's the easiest thing to do. You don't you, you have no classification or way to classify okay. what you're actually trying to store in a backup. So you usually end up throwing the whole system up there, a whole image of. Uh, which is which is extremely fast for getting it off the system, but transferring terabytes up to the cloud, you know, on on uh, uh, the initial image of a disk image is very very inefficient. Now it gets more efficient once you once time goes on, you know, the second backup of that image because it's a differential or incremental. Now if you look at the way we do it, we're not trying to back up the Windows operating system. We're not trying to back up, you know, program files. It's it, those those are really not relevant for an archive. You don't need to keep 
you know, Word 6.0 for the next, you know, 30 years. It's just not viable. You don't need it. What you actually need is your user documents, the documents that are actually, you know, that, that you would be responsive for in a, in a legal, you know, query or you want to do e-discovery on. You don't want to do e-discovery on Excel. What's the point, you know, on, on the Excel program itself? So if, if you look at how much data is actually being shoved up into the cloud by backup system, it's huge. But if we can narrow that down, you know, in an archive to a much smaller set, even though it's file by file, it actually is more efficient as far as time and space goes to get it up to the cloud in the first place. All right. And, and then I think a corollary of that, if I'm, again, kind of looking ahead, is rather than have that large blob of data to manage and store, if I'm managing those objects intelligently in a finer grained way, a file by file, I must get some advantages there too. And and I, right. I think we did those, yeah. Right. Now also also the first archive that you do is going to be your biggest archive because we consider that the base level archive. From then on it's incremental or differential forever. So we don't actually send all the documents up over and over and over again. So it's only the documents that have changed are then added to the archive the second time. So actually the second time is is much, much more efficient than than actually trying to do it by image. That becomes incremental. And then I think we had hinted before also, if you're looking at things like, I got to get rid of some data sooner uh, and I can actually trim my data sets um, at that file level, uh, whereas I can't really do that at backup level. I'm c kind of constrained um, on there. Okay. Uh, let's see. What is, where am I going with that? Trade-offs. Um, I had another question for <coughs> you about, um, you know, the, the time frames involved. Let's just spin into that. You know, backups... Uh, generally are done primarily for disaster recovery or even even availability you know, rolling over i 've got problems and I, and i and i, I want to have a high uh, rpo or, or you know low, low rpo and 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 generally only want to keep so many days of backups online that are going to be useful i mean i if I had a virus or something I want to restore but i, I don 't want to go back two years i 've lost two years of work I want to go back to some small window. Uh, when I think of archives and the use cases for those things, like e-discovery you mentioned and some other stuff, those could be years long uh, and so on. So what does is, what is that do for the, some of the decisions you guys have made with Operavi? How does, how does that change? The well, we, we talked about backup windows uh, and, and recovery point objectives, recovery time objectives, and those all really meld into you know, what the future looks like. And, and if, if you look at the use case for a backup, uh, a backup is actually morphing into disaster recovery and high availability issues. If you want to recover a, a server within a minute or two or you know, an hour, you know, and, and let's face it, image-based backups, you know, uh, uh, and, and those kinds of technologies are very, very good, you know, for that HADR stuff. If you have to go out and, and recover documents from, you know, from a backup three years ago, you're in a lot of trouble. You, you've got some you've got some real issues. I, even, do those files even work three years later, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're up there. I don't even know if I can put them on a system three years later, right? <laughs> So what ends up happening is your backup, your backup high availability disaster recovery solution should only be 30, 60, 90 days. That should be kept locally on site because okay. that's what you want. You want to be able to recover things very, very quickly. 
the archive is is more geared towards the long term. So don't actually do you know archives that on files that have changed you know within the last 15, 20 days. You know what you're really trying to do is store this stuff for the long term. You're if you have to re recover a full system from an archive, you're in trouble. You got you've you've got issues. Uh, so that's that's where the two of them really work very well together. Now, when you're doing you know things like you know high availability and failover, that solution even gets better because then you know you, you just fail over and continue your archive. Now, let's talk about backup windows for for just a second. Sure. It really doesn't matter, you know, since you're not since you're not actually relying on on the archive to recover a full system. Backup windows don't applied that you know if it takes us two or three days to get you know a, a, a you know a couple terabytes of data you know into an archive up in s3 it doesn't take that long but if it did you have a slow connection that's okay because you're not relying on that as as your primary backup source right and and i just thinking when I've talked to some other backup space vendors recently, they're really moving even away from taking a copy of the data and putting it somewhere to more of a replication and keeping this this sort of stream of things and journaling and stuff going along. Uh, and and I guess what we're saying is for archive, you need a copy of the data. For backup, it's becoming less important to have a have a copy um, that's 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 off there for a lot of backup use cases. You still need a long term backup in case you've. It corrupted your data, but uh, there's a lot of use case that's that's changing there too. So that's interesting. Um, so let's let me just turn a little bit to ask you one more question about this searchability thing because uh, I was kind of I was really curious about that. Um, I I know people say that I can do some archiving with backups today. <laughs> I can I can process some of the data. Um, you, you mentioned the indexing. Um, is, is, is content search something you see customers really asking for in their in their archives? And what are some of the interesting things they're doing with it? If, if, if oh, absolutely. Yeah, the content searching is 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 extremely important because that's what makes the difference between a blob of data and actually making use of the data over the long term. Because if you don't know what you have, if you can't find what you have in these millions, uh, millions of, of files that are in the archive and maybe billions of versions and billions of different objects, what are you going to do with it? You know, what, what's the point? So unless you can provide a method to, to actually get to them very quickly, repurpose the data, be able to search it to find out what you actually have uh, and classify it to, you know, as, as certain classifications of, of data to manage that, what's the point in, in the whole exercise? Just throw blobs up in the cloud and, and you know, just it, it, it's a cost of doing business. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Well, just I, throw it up there and I, just because you said you can throw it up there. I could tell you that there are people who do that who throw their blobs of backups are there and then they have a billion backup files and don't know what's there too. So they, that problem yeah. just compounds, right? It's like, it's like, oh, it's and random. You keep them for seven years because somebody tells you. Right, to keep I've, them I've got for thirty-two seven. digit backup file names. I have no idea what they are three years later. Uh, in any case, because uh, so that's so that's kind of cool. Um, so uh, you know, I, I know we don't have a lot more uh, uh, time in this in this session, but how you know, Opravi's kind of new. Uh, how how are you guys doing? How how's how's your traction in the market? How are people using it and feeling about it? 
I, I think very good. We've gotten uh, quite a bit of recognition last year. We came out, uh, we're, we're about nine months old, I think, came out of the gate about nine months ago. Right. And, and we're, uh, we're really getting some traction in the market with, uh, you know, in, industry recognition. Uh, so that's, that's really, uh, let's say, gratifying uh, because somebody actually sees the value of our solution, which is, hey, that's what I get paid to do. Yeah. So, Sounds uh, like fun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the company is doing very, very well. Uh, I'm looking for engineers. So if there are any engineers out there, (laughs) do I get a recruiting uh, bonus if I find some for you here on this call? Well, you know, this is a marketing video, so I'm going to turn it into a recruiting video. All right. No, that's great. Uh, no, uh, and I, and I know, I know, you know, uh, you've got some recognition there, uh, recently from Gartner, some other folks, uh, have come along and said, Hey, this is one of those cool new technologies for the year. People should really take a look at it. Um, and, and that's outstanding. Uh, any any uh, final advice for folks who are considering this idea of actually having a useful archive uh, and, and getting off some of their backup reliance for the wrong reasons? Well, I, I think that, you know, if you rethink what you're what you're actually trying to accomplish with your data, throwing it up to the cloud in big blobs just doesn't work anymore. You know, there's there's scalability issues and and long-term sustainability issues that we need to think about. So really rethink what you're trying to to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, if, if I have one sort of thing in my mind going away from this, it's that you do need a copy of your data. Uh, you don't need 20 copies of your data. You need one good copy that's that's protected, that's that's in cost-efficient storage, that they're there for the long haul, that's at a fine grain for all sorts of use cases that are active, thus the active archive part of act of, of the of the phrase, uh, and and the backup's just not going to cut it. Uh, yeah, that blob image just for a number of reasons not going to cut it anymore. So. <laughs> All right, so it uh, looks like uh, you know some of the questions are coming in from the audience. Um, one person has asked about where does Operavi's uh, technology sit? What is what is the, what are the components, and how much of it's running on site, and how much of it's running in the cloud? I think is what they're really asking. Okay, uh, great question. So we're we're offered as software as a service. Uh, so we have a platform that actually sits up in 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 Amazon. Um, and it's, it's actually interesting. You, that's what the customers actually talk to. To manage all your systems, you talk to operavi.com, actually platform.operavi.com. You log in. Uh, then, then what we call the point of presence, which is an appliance and an agent, sits on your local system or, or local site. The, uh, those two, two components are c- communicating with our web, web app, the, the platform up in the cloud. So everything is managed uh, remotely from, from AWS. Policies are then pushed down over onto your local site. Uh, you never actually have to talk to your local, your local appliance or agent. The platform will do it for you. Uh, okay, here's another question that's interesting. Um, that's not a very good answer. <laughs> here's another question. No, I got another question here. So this person wants to know uh, what's sort of the lift and shift for adopting this because it sounded like you know doing that initial cataloging of, of a lot of their data would take some time. Is this a big investment to just try it out, or something can be layered on the side? What what what's the sort of the, what's involved in doing like a pilot project? So the the pilot uh, to do a proof of concept pilot project is very easy. You just sign up for an account on on Operavi and then direct it to the data that you you want to uh, 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 
actually store or protect um, and install the appliance, install the agent, and you're good to go. We can protect as little as, you know, 100K bytes if, oh, if that's yeah. all you want to do is, is uh, check it out on very, you know, a very small system with, you know, a couple hundred documents. That's great. The nice part about it is, is that after uh, the proof of concept is successful, then you can go ahead and start adding new stuff into the store, protecting more and more data, more and more servers, et cetera. And, and I think this is a related question I was noticing coming in, obviously, about uh, the cost of pricing of this as a software as a service solution. Is it scaling with the amount of data that, you, that, you're, that you're indexing or the amount of data you're storing or the amount of data you're retrieving? What, how, how do you guys uh, uh, go forward on that model? Okay, so we build basically on on amount of data protected. In other words, if you have a directory on your on your server that you know contains uh, a terabyte of data, no matter how many copies you make of that data, how many archives you actually have to do on that data, you get billed on on the one terabyte. On That's the, how much you're protect, the protect. protection, which is that awesome. makes your cost extremely predictable because you know how much data you're protecting. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool, and that sounds like a great way to sort of price out how to do something globally without uh, getting having it get out of hand. Uh, yeah, on, on exactly. Uh, and uh, here's a question: So, what kinds of systems are you really covering at the end of the day? Is this just for VMware? I know they listed a whole bunch of things. What 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 what's sort of your catalog of coverage? Any Windows and Linux system, basically. Uh, uh, I mean, we can run within a virtual machine. We can run on a physical machine. It doesn't really matter. So as long as it's Windows or Linux-based. All right. That's great. Uh, there's a bunch more questions here, but I think that's all the time we have today, Rod. Again, thanks for answering these questions. And back to you, Dave. Thank you, Mike. All right, guys. Great job. Excellent work. Thank you to Mike Matchett, Principal Analyst with Small World Big Data, and Rod Christensen, CTO with Operavi. Um, you know, we just want to thank you again for coming. We want you to keep an eye out and stay tuned for additional videos and webcasts and giveaways that we'll be hosting here at Truth and IT. We certainly appreciate your participation and your feedback, so please uh, let us know how you think we did. And for now, we want to wish you all a great day. Thanks again. And we'll see you soon.